You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their You got Rommel yet? Good morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time. Everybody to the portal time. It's the cool thing to do time. Baseball's a good time. Everybody else is in the portal time. That's okay. There's still stuff to talk about time. Whatever time of day it is, boys and girls, it's the right time for the Go Vols. 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here on a beautiful, beautiful Friday morning, late Friday morning, I should say, in God's own Knoxville, Tennessee. Beautiful, beautiful day today. Some some nasty weather yesterday, but uh, everything's looking good today. I apologize on the front end uh, for both myself and for my coworker who's going to be on this podcast. We both have a bit of a nasally voice situation today. So that's unfortunate. I guess it's just that time of year with the pond and all that. That stuff's not very fun. But um, now that I've introduced and tell, told you how rough his voice also will be, let's go to an undisclosed location. Bring in the one, the only Patrick Brown. Pat, what is up, man? Uh, you, nothing much, Wes. Just uh, wondering if I'm going to get to watch an open football practice on Saturday. Are we counting this as the payment of the Butch Jones uh, debt? I'm not counting it as that because everybody gets to see this one. It's, this is not like, <laughs> hey, media, right. since, since Pat caught the punt, we're owed to practice, and now we, the media, get to watch it. Now, now this is like, well, everybody can show up. As long as you wear a well, mask, everybody can show up. Well, I mean, it's like, media, you can watch it, but you have to go in with the fans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that is what they're doing, right? It's just like uh, you can we can just go sit like where anyone else in their or their mother could sit, basically. Right. They used to do like a yeah. little section, right? There was like a little section where we could be for this. Oh, wow. and it, was, it was closer. Now it's like, nah, you're just you're you're in with the rest of the peeps. And there should be a section uh, section on the field. We should be down on the sideline. That's neither here nor there. But you uh, know, we should complain about access. No, but here's the thing: we like to say that we're men of the people. And I guess in this case, we really will be men of the people because we will be enjoying it just the same way you are. So that's that's good, right? It, it gives us the perspective of the fan, which is which is nice, you know. So fans are always like, "Man, y'all get your cushy seats up in the press box, all the Coke and Dude, Dr. All, the, all the Coke and yeah. Dr Pepper you want, yada yada." Sometimes you know how to get into the private suites after the game where the booze is. That's another story. But, you know, you guys are always there. And, um, yeah, okay, that's true. Now we're going to be men of the people. We got mostly football to discuss in this episode. We're going to lead it off with just a couple of quick notes, though. As I mentioned in the portal, portal, portal. There are lots and lots of people uh, in the portal now. Uh, Tennessee basketball has three more entries, I believe, into the portal. Uh, there, You're going to see uh, senior forward uh, EJ Anasicki. His one season at Tennessee will be his only one, it seems. Not a big surprise there. Also, um, freshman forward Corey Walker is also going into the portal, portal, portal. Uh, that's not much of a surprise because he uh, 
we we've sort of thought for about a month or so that this was going to happen. So, um, a uh, prospect, uh, a guy who just never really he was hurt and then he never really got going at Tennessee. Maybe a kickstart to a uh, maybe going to somewhere else will kickstart his career. Hope that's the case for him. He, he's a good prospect. There's some things he can do out there. I think he's a pretty solid player. So. Uh, he will he will get a chance to per- perhaps to go somewhere else, and then a couple of former Vols have already found new homes. Uh, Ticket Games on Friday said he was going to go follow Kim English to the George Mason University, and uh, all the way that they call it the George Washington University. So George Mason's just eh, it's just Mason, but he's going anyways right there just outside the nation's capital, right there with Kim English going to Mason. So good luck to him. And Drew Pember, a Knoxville native, is going to go just across the Smoky Mountains, and he's going to go play at Asheville. So uh, he will get to go from one beautiful town to uh, arguably even more beautiful town. And so good for him. Uh, That'll be a good place for him to go play some ball. That's probably the level thereabouts that he needs to be. So uh, I think that would be a chance for him to really get playing. And I still think he's a guy who's got a, a bright future. He just needs to get a little bigger and needs to get more playing time. So uh, that's where he will go. Uh, obviously, Keon Johnson going to the draft, no surprise there. Uh, so uh, as expected, Tennessee is going to look a lot different next year. I don't think Justin Powell is going to be the only person added from the portal. I'll put it that way. And uh, so we'll see what they look like next year. There's going to be some new faces, lots of new faces, and that's just kind of how college basketball is going to go for a while. You know, it's just just the way it is, Pat. Yeah, I had myself on, on mute there. Uh, uh, we my all, bad. We all um, we all do that. We all do that. I, I joked with Grant that um, that we should do a, a a combined story on all the Tennessee football and basketball players that have gone to the transport portal. It would possibly be the longest story in internet history. Yeah, it would be. It would. Um, it would take. I think it, it would. It would take a good size bite. Chunk, a good size chunk bite out of uh, Al Gore's internet. It would probably crash the entire twenty four seven sports servers yeah. as well, because uh, there would be so much. Um, but uh, yeah, and I think the basketball team probably has had more portal entries per capita now. So yeah, it's a little bit of one upsman one upsmanship there. Yeah, you think you can do good vols. We don't even have to change coaches to do this. What do you think about this? Or I guess you did change two assistant coaches, but still, I mean, whatever, no big deal. Um, and, and I should mention that. I don't know if we mentioned that yet, too, that um, that now the new coach at East Tennessee State uh, will be the one, the only uh, Des Oliver. I'm not sure if we got that on the previous podcast or not. So if, uh, if we did, then, hey, double or nothing, you get it twice. But uh, Des Oliver – Tough time to be taking that job. We don't have to get into that, but but we all know what's going on up there. Uh, tough situation, uh, and we'll see how that goes. That's a that's a that's a tough job right now, and we'll see how Des Oliver does with it. Hope he knows what he's gotten himself into because traditionally that's a place where you can go win some basketball games and get some get some solid players. But uh, we'll, we'll we'll see how things go now. On to baseball, the fourth ranked Tennessee Volunteers. Yes, well, hold, hold, real quick, yeah. we should point out couple of basketball things I, I i don't really want to make grant ramey look good because he's not here and the normal protocol here is to make him look bad when correct. he's not here correct um but he has a pretty good story on new tennessee assistant rod clark who came from correct me if i'm wrong austin p that's right? correct yes um he from i think where he was coaching at sunrise christian or uh i mm-hmm. should double check to make sure no he was he was he was um but he had like a what he called a breakfast club and a group of players that he worked with early in the morning um, that included Drew Timmy, mm-hmm. 
of Gonzaga fame. Uh, I think Cade Cunningham was among that group. Mm-hmm, he was. Um, and then Tyrese Maxey, who played at Kentucky and is with the Sixers now. So, uh, and then maybe a couple other guys. So they, uh, yeah, he has a pretty good story on that right now. Talked to uh, a couple people about Tennessee's new assistant coach. He also threw a name out there for the other spot to look at, and that is uh, Justin Ganey, who is the former associate head coach at Marquette. Obviously, Marquette just changed coaches. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I presume he's on the market with the Golden Eagles swapping out uh, Wojciechowski. Did I say that right? Mm-hmm. Wojo, yep. For, for Shaka Smart, which was a – Shaka of a move for him to leave from Texas to go to Marquette, but maybe he was just getting out before the getting was good. Yep, people people have sort with- of, people have sort of compared that to the Conzo move, where you know he he just it wasn't going to work in the long term, and he just got out while the while the getting was good. So, and then ironically, Conzo almost went to Marquette before he went to the Cal. Yes, he right? did. I mean, he was. Yes, he did. Yes, I remember. Did. I remember it was like twelve thirty at night, and uh, got that text. Mm-hmm. It's like he's not going to Marquette. And I was like, oh, okay. Oh, well, he's uh, staying. Okay, so I guess I'll take all no, that story I wrote, and that's done. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, but uh, on, on with the baseball. Yeah, the uh, no, I was just laughing because I was thinking about all the times in our lives that we have written, how many hundreds and thousands of words that we've written on stories that just have never <laughs> happened, and then you have to hit select all and then delete it, and that's always just the worst, worst feeling. Both of Peters will always be the uh, the Hall of Fame oh, one for me with that oh, one. That's what's worst. <laughs> The worst. That's a flashback name there. There you go. That was good times. Uh, on to the baseball. Tennessee fourth-ranked volunteers hosting ninth-ranked Florida this weekend. Uh, the first game will be tonight, I believe, around 6.30. Uh, the, the next game, or 6.30 or 7. Uh, the, the Saturday game will be at 7. That will be on SEC Network. And then 1 o'clock, I believe, on Sunday. Uh, and that will be a good matchup. For those who don't know, Florida is ranked ninth now. Uh, ninth to about a twelfth or so, depending on which poll you're looking at. Um, but Florida was ranked number one preseason and has just a fantastic roster uh, and got off to a bit of a slow start. Lost a couple at Miami early in the season, or to Miami early in the season, and then um, just a couple games they shouldn't have lost. Uh, but did they, they did bounce back and took two of three from third ranked Ole Miss last week, which is a really really big statement win. So Florida, I think anybody in college baseball would tell you Florida has one of the five best rosters in the college game. So this will be a big, big test for the Vols, who Tony Vitello said again earlier this week, was asked about the number four ranking, and, and, and the first thing he said was, well, that's way too high. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, he was being pretty honest. He said, listen, if Jackson Leith was healthy, um, if a couple of the guys who we have who, are, who, who should be hitting better, if they were hitting better, um, yeah, that would be about where we should be ranked maybe. But uh, with those guys hurt and not performing – I don't know if the number four rankings right for us right now, um, which I think is a bit of honesty from him because I'm also not quite sure this team is, should be ranked fourth nationally. But it's played 30 games and it's won 25 of them and it's beaten a lot of good teams. So, yeah, and you know that that's good honesty. It's a lot better than the usual. Oh, I don't even see the rankings. You know, that's, yeah, <laughs> the, the rankings. That's the what are what, what are those? And in, yeah, co- I mean, in, in college baseball, there's like six of them. So, you know, it's like you can't ignore them because there's so many of them. They, they kind of should do the old BCS where they have, like, all the uh, the formula with all the uh, all the polls. The poll of polls. Yeah, like they do for – Computer uh, polls, the human polls, the – I don't remember what all they had. Just put them all together. Good or, times. Like, good times, good times. But that is a big, big series this weekend for Tennessee. I think the, the Friday and Saturday – or Friday and Sunday games will be on SEC Network Plus. The Saturday game will be on SEC Network. 
Uh, in fact, that's such a big series that there have been two people this week, Pat, who have had me uh, do radio in the Southeast to talk about Tennessee baseball. And I was like, what? They're like, yeah, you want time to be alive. They're like, you want to talk Tennessee baseball? And then, you know, maybe some spring football on top of that. And I'm like, whoa, what what kind of world are we living in now? That's the world that Tony Vitello has built here. The SEC loves baseball. And the SEC, you think the SEC is good at other sports? It is. Uh, SEC baseball is like, I mean, the the distance that it has on the field is large uh, in terms of, of just how good of a league that is. And so Tony Vitello has brought Tennessee back into the, uh, the 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 upper crust of this world, or at least near the upper crust of this world. So that's good stuff for the Vols. That'll be a big series. We'll talk about it a little bit on the next podcast. Uh, there's plenty of good stuff to talk about there. But now we've also we've gotten far enough here where I think we can go ahead and take a break and come back and talk Tennessee football. We can d- dedicate the rest of this show to that because we've got a lot to discuss, Pat. There is... Uh, the open practice coming up. There's recap from the first scrimmage. There is uh, Josh Heupel talking about how they don't have any inside linebackers like right now. <laughs> they just they got a couple dudes, uh, but they've also got a snapper who's now getting some reps there. So that should tell you about how that situation's going. Uh, lots of interesting things, but there are a couple of good things too. There are some good things that that they've seen so far and that they've liked. So we'll go, we'll go ahead quickly, go pay some bills, listen to products, ad services, and we will come back and dedicate the rest of this episode to Tennessee football. And we will try to to make some of it. Well, you want to make some of it upbeat, Pat? Can we do that? Can we do that? Yeah, let's do it. Let, let's let, let's let's use this commercial break to find a way to do that, and then we'll come back and do that, guys. Back in just one second here on the Go Vols twenty four seven podcast. Hashtag ad. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to the Go Balls 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever products, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. West Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here on a Friday morning. Patrick Brown coming to you from an undisclosed location at another portion of the 865 area code. Talking Tennessee football, obviously, from this point forward in the podcast. Before we do that, though, quick reminder, please go in there, guys. Take a minute out of your day. Hit that subscribe button, rate, and review this podcast also. We do this for free, and we're happy to do it, but there's nothing you can do that will help us more than these two things. One, tell your friends. Tell anybody you know. Tell a work proximity associate. Uh, tell even if, you, for, if your worst enemy in the world is still a Tennessee fan, then let that person know too. Anyone you know who's a Tennessee fan in your life, you can let them know about this podcast. 
And you can also rate and review and subscribe to this podcast, whether you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, anywhere in the world, you can cast the fine podcast. You can find the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. So please go in there and do that. Just take a minute, rate and review. Let us know what you like. Uh, let us know if there's something we could do better uh, other than our voices, which we can't change. Thank you, Pollen, for that. Um, but in general, uh, just just let us know, guys. That that helps us move things forward more than anything else here on this podcast. Also, go ahead and subscribe to Go Vols 24-7. I'm telling you right now, there's just not a better deal. Anywhere on the Internet, go take advantage of it. There's no reason not to go do that. Cheaper than one mediocre lunch per month. And you get everything included in that. So, you know, you'll even get a morning wake-up call from Patrick Brown every morning. And it's early because I have twins now. There so you I'm go. Usually up there you go. Around the neighborhood of 5 to 6 a.m. There you go. So if you are now, a fa- I'm, if, I'm if a hum- I'm a human, so I have to go back to sleep for a little while at least. Yeah. But, but even if but you're, yeah, I'm usually... Even if you're a farmer, 5, 6 a.m., that's, that's good, man. You can get up. Pat will call you. Get you ready to go milk the cows. Everything is all good, guys. Pat, what you you, uh, you you talking about our voices reminds me of the scene in uh, Step Brothers where Rob Riggle wants to punch Will Ferrell in the face. It's like there's just something about your face. I just want to punch it. It's like <laughs> the listeners out there are going to be like, "There's something about y'all's voices. I just want to punch you in the throat." I just want to punch you right in the throat. <laughs> See if I can get that pollen out of your nasal system. Yeah, onto the football. Onto the football. Clink, clink. Cheers, cheers, Pat. What we're about what about near the halfway mark or so of spring camp and seven practices in last hard yeah, to believe hard hard to believe that and you've been able to see a few of them in person now if I were to ask you just how things the first couple practices you were out there and then the most recent one are is the tempo pretty consistent are the guys improving at that or do they look like they're starting to understand the way this staff wants to practice. What have you seen from that? Uh, I would say yes, but I don't know that I would base that off of, of what I've seen because um, we just get to see two and a half periods of a 25-period practice. Um, so I, I don't – you know, I think they're probably getting used to uh, the structure of practice and what the staff expects and, and what they want uh, in terms of how they're supposed to work in practice. But – um, I, I do think they are uh, on the offensive side of the ball getting used to um, the tempo, and, and that's something that Josh Heupel seemed pretty pleased about um, in talking about Tennessee's scrimmage on Thursday. Um, the way he kind of recapped it was that the defense was was winning early and then the offense sort of took over from there. Uh, and something that he pointed out was that they were running the ball pretty well um, and getting some plays going on the ground, and, and that's the way to get this offense going at a fast tempo, right? They get six six yard runs at a time, and then they're right back on the ball. They might run the same tech play; it might look very identical. But when you're doing the same exact play and it's working, you keep doing it, right? Um, and that's how you know seven yard run, snap it with thirty one on the play clock. Five yard run, you got a first down. That, that's when this offense likes to go fast is when they get a first down. So, um, seemed pretty pleased with with the way they were. Uh, Doing the tempo, obviously they work on it. We've talked a lot about what they call ball mechanics, which is after the play, hand it to the guy that's going to spot the ball the fastest. Uh, I know people are probably tired of hearing about that right now and, and think it's not, not a big deal, but it, it, it is a big deal to this staff, and it's a big key to how they want to operate. So Auburn, um, Auburn, then, Auburn and Oregon used to practice it meticulously. Right, 
Right. I mean, and, and they'll send the meetings and say, all right, here, here's where your line judge is. Here's where your side judge is. Don't throw it to the side judge because he's going to put the ball at his feet on the sideline, blah, 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 blah. Um, don't need to, you know, we don't need to teach the people about the ball mechanics. But, um, but yeah, I, I think that, that the offense is starting to get acclimated to it. And, um, and, and maybe the biggest question that a lot of people had was how is this offensive line going to adjust to it? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we heard from Alex Golish after two practices and he openly admitted that like they, you know, that offense had, the offensive line had adjusted better than he thought they would. And uh, Josh Heupel came out with a pretty good endorsement of that group uh, after the scrimmage on Thursday, saying that group's got a lot of winning habits. Uh, they're hard work. They kind of have to be sort of the, the leaders of, in, in the locker room and kind of have to demand that the rest of the, uh, of the guys around them play like that, which is interesting to hear. Usually here it's, you know, the quarterback's got to be the guy. And, you, <laughs> and, and you wouldn't think it's this offense either because uh, the way they throw the ball down the field, the big flashy – names and numbers that a quarterback that the high has put up in his career, but he kind of almost wants like an offensive line driven group on that side of the ball, which I thought was, was interesting, but uh, I wonder how much the defense is adjusting to it because they got to go up against it every day in practice, right Wes? I mean, yep. um, mm-hmm. and we've talked to a few players on, on that side of the ball and they said that this offense goes way faster than anybody we've ever played. Um, and so they're having to, um, you know, they're having to think fast and, and, you know, they're putting in a new, a new defense as well. I don't think they're as far along on the install of the offense. So, um, you know, they're having to counter what, what the offense is doing. The offense is going fast. They're having to operate fast, get new play calls, get new, you know, communicate it all within, you know, a very short period of time. So I think that's, that's probably why the offense probably had the better day in the scrimmage on Thursday. And that's probably why at this point in spring, the offense is, is ahead of the defense. Yeah. And I heard that, uh, and and Heifel said this too that that maybe the the defense had better energy to start the day, and then the offense sort of gradually as the day went along started to pick up the pace, started to get more rhythm, started to make some more plays, and other than a couple of ball protection issues or ball decision issues in the pocket, he was pretty pleased with what he saw uh, from the offense. But you were talking about the offense forcing the defense to play fast. And that, that reminds me of something that Theo Jackson has now said twice. Tennessee senior safety has, has now told us twice that he likes how fast this offense goes because it makes the defense play fast and because that allows the defense to just play and not think. And, and this is something that we talked about quite a bit last year also uh, and at times over the past couple of years. And, and that when discussing Tennessee's defensive issues, it was okay – there's definitely some physical deficiencies in that group, but at times it looks like they're a little bit confused on what they want to do. Last year in particular, uh, they just for, – for a defense that was coached by who I think are two great defensive minds, not good, great defensive minds uh, in Pruitt and Ansley, there were so many times they just were not lined up. Uh, they were not ready to go when the ball was snapped. They did not know um, sort of exactly – you know, who was supposed to be on the field, who wasn't, who, which coverage were they in. They, they looked lost quite a bit. Uh, and Theo Jackson has said that now they're keeping things, and it'll get more complicated. But right now they're, they're keeping things so simple like, here's what we're doing, let's go do this, let's play fast. And he said that's allowing everybody to play fast, which is allowing people to gain confidence, which I think is probably a good thing. Yeah, and, and I'm curious – and you kind of touched on this too. I'm curious how much of that is they're just trying to keep up with the offense or how much of that is the staff is just, they're just trying to see what the guys can do. I think on the defensive side of the ball, um, it's different for this group because, uh, you know, Josh Hobbs has been running this offense for what, five years now. 
Um, <clears throat> I, I, I can't, I can't say that I've gone back and watched what they did at Oklahoma back when he was there. Um, and I can't say I watched a whole lot of Utah state football in 2015. I did watch some Utah state football in 2014 when they played Tennessee. Bible wasn't there. Um, but you know, we saw what he did in Missouri. We saw it at UCF. He, he's bringing a lot of those basic things to, uh, to Tennessee. So the off, the offense right now has more of an identity, right? They're going to go fast. They're going to spread the field. A lot of RPOs. Um, they're going to they're they're going to mix the tempo. Go, you know, they're going to press the gas faster in some points, you know, than, than at others. Um, and, and they're going to kind of do their thing. The defense, to me, and especially with this group, which lost, you know, we, we don't need to rehash all, who all they lost. They lost a lot of guys. Lost a lot of important players. Um, th- that's more of a group where you're, as a staff, you, you're trying to find a, you're going to base your identity on who you have, right? Yeah. So. Um, and you got to figure out who you have first before you kind of build the team. That, that's the sense that I've gotten. I mean, you know, when you take, you know, obviously they, they weren't very good on defense last year. And then you take Henry Toto out, you take Bryce Thompson out, you take those two edge rushers who um, on, a, on a defense that really didn't have much in the way of, uh, didn't have much in the way of playmakers. Those guys could make things happen. Um, you know, Sean Schamberger played well for this group in 2019. You take some of those guys out of it. Uh, you kind of got to you kind of got to recalibrate and figure out what you're going to do. So, yeah, you, you, and, and it's even harder this spring because, and I'm sure we're going to touch on it. There's situations at linebacker, which I don't want to call it dreadful, <laughs> but concerning, I mean, it, concerning, uh, problematic. Uh, there, yeah, I mean, it's just you go, you know, you go out there and practice on Tuesday after Aaron Beasley got suspended the night before, and, and there's literally seven linebackers there, and, and four of them are scholarship guys. And among those four scholarship guys are uh, is a former walk-on in, in Pat Garland, who uh, is a pretty good-looking athlete. I yeah, gotta be honest. Always has been, yeah. Uh, Salon Page, who uh, you know he's a solid depth guy, but if he's starting for you, that's probably not ideal. No, no. I mean, maybe, no disrespect to Solon. Maybe like a dime linebacker or something. He could right. be, he I could mean, he could fit so, there. And then the other guys, Will Albright, who's a long snapper. So I mean, that that's that's the situation. Um, and so that, that's, you know, that's making it tough on this defense and, and obviously not having Jeremy Banks is, is not ideal for them. I think he's going to be a guy that they're going to put a lot on. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, you know, there's some other guys there that, that aren't practicing, uh, or have been sort of in and out, but, um, it, it's, it's, it's harder for the defense to sort of, they don't really know what their identity is going to be. I think at this point of the spring and they're using the spring to sort of figure out, okay, who are guys that we can build around? Who are guys that we can put on the field? at third and 10 and, they, and they're going to get after the quarterback who are the guys we can put on the field on first and 10 and they're going to you know they're going to clog up a run lane you know who, who's going to be our guys in the secondary how, how are they going to you know who's our best guy in the slot who's our best guy at safety all of those things they're trying to figure all that out so uh, i think that's why the defense is um maybe a little bit behind the offense at this point and um you know it, it, it's probably a good sign though that they came out with some energy um and, and maybe something that we you know, we talked about having how they're having to kind of counteract what this offense is doing. That's part of the that's part of this offense, right? Is it's supposed to wear teams down when you do when you get the play count up pretty high, right, Wes? I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. when you're, you know, when you're, and you know, I don't know how many plays they ran on Thursday, but uh, eventually, part of the offense is that it it sort of wears you down physically and mentally from how fast they go. So uh, maybe it's not a surprise that that the first scrimmage and the first sort of game like situation. For this team that that's how it sort of played out yeah and, and i think um 
you know, there, there's no way around noting, and there's no reason to get into all the details on this. Everyone by this point probably knows what's gone on with Aaron Beasley, and if you haven't, there are some, uh, there are some really, really problematic, especially for those of us who love animals, and I know both people on this podcast right now very, very, very much love animals, uh, and, and there are some potential, there are some allegations of animal cruelty, and that's just, it's, it's heartbreaking, um, but there's a process for that, so they'll go through all that, and, and we'll see where things go there with Aaron Beasley, but the bottom line is, he uh, has been suspended indefinitely, and he was a guy who, who I thought, and I think we all thought, was going to play a lot, so... Um, he was a guy who was a much better fit, perhaps in this defense, than he was in the previous defense, and and we'll see. Um, you know, long term, we don't know what his situation is with Tennessee. We'll we can you know, uh, Josh Heupel said again Thursday that he's not sure what the long term decision there will be. You know, he gave the whole standard boilerplate. There's a process that's got to play out. Answer, which is probably the correct answer to be giving right now, if we're being honest. Um, but that just took another body away from that group. And, and, and I asked Heifel point blank about that group, and, and he was like, uh, he very diplomatically said, got a long way to go there. So, yeah, I, I mean, and I was doing earlier that day, uh, it was yesterday, it was Thursday, did a, uh, did a radio hit with, uh, I think, Birmingham, uh, one of the stations down there, maybe JOX, whichever one it was. And they were asking kind of position by position about Tennessee in the spring, and I answered every single one of them with, you know, I like the situation there better than I do at linebacker. <laughs> I just kind of kept saying that over and over. Like, they're like quarterbacks. I'm like, yeah, a lot of bodies, Um, you know, got some talent there. We'll see what happens. Uh, they, But they're okay there, I think. They'll, they'll, they'll figure something out. They got a good quarterback coach. I don't know about linebacker, though, and running back. Like, yeah, Tyon Evans, I like this kid. You know, Jabari Small, underrated player. Got a couple other bodies there. I like that situation better than linebacker. And you can see where the trend was going there. I just kept saying – um, yeah, I, I like a, a lot of positions on this group are, are okay. I don't think they're great, um, but they're okay. They can they can give you a competitive bunch. Right now at linebacker, I, I, that's rough, guys. It's rough. Um, they got some guys there that need to – Heupel said this too. He said they got guys there that need to come on in a hurry. I don't see any way around them having to move some guys to that position, perhaps going forward, even when Banks comes back. I just yeah, it doesn't sound like any moves are imminent, though. I mean, we, it, we, it, we isn't that to weird? Jerry Mack this, isn't that weird we to talk about? We talked to Jerry Mack on on Tuesday, and uh, he got asked about Lanique Whitehead, who was the number ten linebacker prospect in the twenty twenty <laughs> class, right? Yeah. Um, you know, but he wants to play running back, and he's still running back, and and. And Jerry Mack said there's been no discussions about moving him to linebacker, and uh, he's locked in at running back, and, and they think he, they're you know they think he's got uh, some ability there. Now, obviously, the big thing with Whitehead, first of all, he's got to get healthy. Yeah, not been healthy um, really since he got on the campus, except for a little bit of a stretch. Yeah, the foot, uh, then the you, foot, then the salt, then the shoulder. I think. Right. It was uh, it was a list frank injury, right? Which mm-hmm. those those can be pretty yeah. uh, taxing in terms of your rehab. And in his case, his rehab got interrupted by the pandemic last spring, right? Because mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure he was limited on how much he could go see his, um, you know, how much you know physical therapy he could do at, at a, probably a key point in that recovery. So yep. he was still yep. finishing that up his first few months on campus. He got cleared. Uh, then a few weeks later, he hurt, him, hurt his shoulder in, in practice and was out for the season. And, and he's been in a non-contact jersey all, all the spring. So even if he wasn't linebacker, he wouldn't be – he would still be limited. So – um, and, and, you know, I don't, you know, T Hodge is another guy that's been mentioned. I don't, I don't see him being a, a defensive guy. No, I don't either. Um, you know, two other guys have been safeties. You know, Jalen McCullough is not big enough to be a linebacker. 
Um, and he's probably one of your starting safeties. And then Tamari McDonald, who probably has the frame to, to take on, you know, the 20, 25 pounds he might need to be a linebacker, but it sounds like he's doing pretty good in the secondary. Um, you know, Willie Martinez didn't, he wasn't, you know, we talked to a few of these coaches and they've been willing to talk about all their guys. Uh, Willie was not talking about all their guys other than saying that Alante Taylor and Theo Jackson have been good leaders. Um, talked about the Nico Slaughter because I asked about him. Uh, and then he talked about Tamarian McDonald because he was asked about him and, and said that, that Marion's doing some good things and to really come on late. Uh, they're working him at two different spots and um, he's a he's a guy that you could uh, line up at safety or line up at that nickel spot and, and he could do a job for you. So, um, yeah, I mean, but at the same time, I, I think perhaps the uh, them not moving anybody else there is a sign that they think that the other two suspended guys will be back, right? Um, Martavius French and Aaron Willis are, you know, you, you get those guys back, you get Jeremy Banks and Roman Harrison back. Uh, you know, they're, they're working their way back from injuries, but probably won't be full contact by the end of the spring. You get those four guys back, and the situation looks a lot better, right? I mean, now yeah, obviously it's not, not, not in idea. terms of proven guys, but yeah, I mean, right. Just in terms of, of a body count, I yeah. mean, and, and, and it, the other kind of detrimental part of this is that this would be a great spring for Banks to sort of take over being the guy in the middle of the defense. It would be a, it'd be a perfect time for Roman Harrison, who I'm not even sure how he fits at linebacker. To be honest with you, I'm he, not either. He's really he's a tweener. I don't you know he's I think he's got some good things off the edge, but I'm not sure he's big enough to be a defensive end in this defense. Um, and he was a nose guard in high school, so you know. Wh- you know, athletically, how does he you know, kind of how does he translate? Do you want that um, guy in space? You know, right. And that that was a question of you know, you know, what do they do with him? And this would have been a good chance that these fifteen practices for the staff to see what he could do, right? Yeah. Um, and then obviously for French and Willis, it's just about they need experience because they're new. I mean, French did play last season, obviously got a w- lot of work in practice, but um, again, it's a new defense, it's a new staff, it's a new coach, and and Brian Jean Marie, um, and, and then Willis, you know. The whole point of enrolling early is so you get a head start. Well, he's you know that's kind of out the window for him right now. We'll see what happens. I, I think there is um, optimism that that those guys will be reinstated at some point. Those two guys plus Caden Salter plus uh, Isaac Washington on the defensive line. There's some thought that Salter might get cleared before the other ones because I don't think he has a court date at this point. Yeah, his, um, his was dismissed with prejudice, so that's like as strong as it can be, like dismissed. And there, you know, there's legal proceedings and there's university processes that have to run their course. Uh, but I think Tennessee seems to, Tennessee seems to think that those guys will be back at some point. Agreed. Um, it's a little bit more up in the air with Beasley, um, which, you know, like I said, we don't need to rehash the situation there. It's kind of a mess, but um, it's from a football standpoint, it's unfortunate for him that he's put himself in this situation, right? Because he was, he had a chance to, uh, to be a guy that, potentially start for this defense potentially, yep. uh, and at the least play a lot and play mm-hmm. on special teams as well. So, um, you know, for him to, to put himself in a situation where he's going to potentially uh, throw that all the way, not ideal. Yeah, um, it, it, and, and if I was making a, a depth chart right now, I'd probably put him as a starting linebacker. Well, yeah. not, a, not anymore that he's suspended, but you know, mm-hmm. before that he, he was probably a guy that, that was, um, if you're making, if you're putting odds on it, he probably him and banks would probably be the top two guys in terms of safest bets to, uh, to be starters at linebacker. Yeah, here, here's my thought on that. And again, this could be clouded by the fact that I think the first, let's say, the first 10 or 11 years of my sports writing career, I believe, or first nine of them were spent covering John Chavis defenses. And so it, it wasn't at all uncommon in that era 
to take kind of a, a tweener or a bigger safety and move them down to linebacker, and that's just what they did. So that, so I can understand why Tennessee fans go this route because for the longest time, and Chief was there for what twenty years or whatever, twenty five years, something like that. You, you you learn to think like that, and that's a thought that a lot of Tennessee fans have pretty quickly, and and I get it. Um, but in this particular case, I actually wonder if that wouldn't be the smart thing to do because coaches talk about this all the time in this era of kind of. Not really, you know, basketball is essentially positionless. Football's not positionless yet, but it's less dependent on, you know, X plays X, Y plays Y, Z plays Z. It's, it's different now. And coaches talk about getting their best 11 on the field and how important that is. If it's at all possible, because sometimes, I mean, you can't put a hundred, you know, a 200-pound guy at defensive tackle. Um, so it, it's not like positionless. But in general, you want to get as many of your best 11 as you can on the field together. And I keep thinking if Tennessee wants its best 11 on the field, that's going to include Tank McCullough. I think that might include Tamarian McDonald. And you could argue that it would involve Trayvon Flowers. And you're probably not going to start three safeties. You know, you're, you're going to be – when you have a nickel, you're going to have three corners out there basically, not, not three safeties. Um, and maybe, you, you know, Danico Slaughter will see, you know, all that stuff. But, but my point is – if you are hurting a little bit or a lot at linebacker, do you think about sacrificing a little bit of size and getting your best players out there? Or do you have to say, you know what? No, I need a 230-pound or 235-pound linebacker. I can't put a 220 guy out there. He's going to get run over. I, I mean, where do you fall on that, Pat? Because I think at some point you have to at least – consider the conversation of do one of those safeties need to move into the box? Well, I, I think it's, you know, for, for Tennessee schematically, it's, it's different, right? I mean, we, we, we think that they're going to be more of a four, three. Yeah. I mean, we see that there's only, well, there's four defensive groups out during individual periods of practice, but there's two of them. You know, they split the, they split the say, uh, secondary up between safeties in the corner. So, yeah. um, but the, the the defensive line is just one group, and there's linebackers. There's no there's no edge guys. Some of those edge guys are working with the defensive line guys like Tyler Barron, uh, Bryson Easton, and Byron Young, who I, I think are a couple guys that athletically are, are looked apart. Yeah, they do. Um, and Barron's a guy that I think talking to him earlier this week, I think he's a guy that Tennessee wants to sort of build around and, and sort of do a lot of different things with him. But um, I, I think most of the time, and we've seen it over the past few years, you know, you're you're going to be in sort of a four two five, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're Tennessee, what do you do with that that fifth guy? Is it going to be a Danico Slaughter who's more offensive back, or, or can you maybe make a guy like Tamari McDonald a hybrid sort of guy? I mean, he was basically a linebacker in high school. Hey, um, and I, so, I'll, I'll say and, this. And some of these, Mika Fitzpatrick did that for Alabama. I mean, there are guys and, who do that. And, and, you know, he's not – you don't necessarily have to be the biggest guy, but if you play physical and you can tackle in space, then it's not like <laughs> – it's not like all these guys are running out Derrick Henry's and, and Najee Harris is at running back, right? Yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of small, quick guys in this league that uh, are getting the ball in their hands. Um, and, and, you know, there's some defenses that have, you know, I don't know what they call it, a buck or, a, yeah. you know, I think in South Carolina they had a spur, which is some sort of hybrid role. I don't know if they want to do that with, with McDonald, but. Um, yeah, Catholic, <clears throat> Catholic called it a shamrock back for years. <clears throat> and and a lot of a lot of defensive football nowadays is, is your, your – 
for matching personnel, right? If the offense has this on the field, we're going to go with this, right? So that is, that's a lot of what defensive football is. And so they're, they're trying to figure out kind of who, uh, who their best 11 is. And, and McDonald might be one of those guys by the end of the, by the end of the, the off season. I mean, he's a guy that the previous staff loved. Um, I mean, it was pretty telling that, Hey, where's he from? Where's he from? Pat? He's, he's from Memphis. Um, it was pretty telling to me that the previous staff was like that he'd been practicing for like two, two or three weeks. And they were like, we got to get this guy on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was, you know, in the rotation against Auburn and started against Vanderbilt after he was, uh, they kind of ruled him out for the season. They said they were just going to, you know, but then they obviously made the, the season sort of free for everybody. So it didn't hurt them to, uh, to play him a lot. So, um, and, and again, once we'll I see, I do think that, you know, certainly the, the way the personnel is, Tennessee's going to be doing a lot of four, two, whatever's right. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe some three, two sixes, depending on the situation. So, uh, but those are all things that are kind of down the road. I think still at this point, the defensive staff is trying to figure out who they, who they have in it. You know, I think for, for a linebacker, it's, it's really tough to evaluate. Um, but it's a big spring for, you know, for Garland. It's a big spring for, uh, I mean, Will Albright's getting a chance to audition. Maybe he's a depth guy there. Maybe he plays yep. a lot in the fall. Who knows at this point? He, um, he, was, he, he, was, he was a good football player at Greenville High School. I mean, it's a big and, league from there to the SEC, but he was a good player there. And the one guy that we've not mentioned is Morgan Joseph, who I, I think actually could be a really good linebacker. Um, <clears throat> and I've kind of thought from the jump that he he would be a linebacker. He was uh, – the previous staff thought he was going to be a four, four guy uh, in high school – his senior film, he's just dominating people. Yeah, it was um, good. He's dominating people for God, middle linebacker. God, it was he's good. He's dominating people uh, off the edge. And that's sort of what they envisioned him doing the the previous staff. And for most of the last season, he worked with the inside linebackers, uh, even though his role on Saturdays was sort of an edge rush guy and third down. So um, this is a huge spring for him. He's probably getting as many reps as he can handle. Mm-hmm. Haven't heard much about his um, – development I'm, I'm sure at some point they'll let us talk to brian Jean marie you know we've, we've talked to all all the other assistants yeah. so far yeah they're they're uh, hiding him for pretty obvious reasons right now uh, but, you know we, we've talked to well not all of them but we've talked to you know a couple of them a week um which is nice because you know those, those guys know their position groups <clears throat> better than anybody but yeah i you know I think Tennessee thinks that some of those guys are going to be back and, and maybe they don't need to sacrifice a guy and move him down to that position uh, I know Whitehead's a guy that a lot of people are wondering, well, why he should have moved three weeks ago. I, if the guy wants to play running back, you kind of have to play him, you kind of have to keep him running back, right? And, and it's not like you can, it's not like you have a hundred running backs either. So, um, you know, it, it's, you know, it, yeah. it's when, when, when I, when I think of Tennessee linebackers coach, Brian Jean Marie, I think of uh, the movie airplane where, when he's like, you know, I picked the wrong, picked the wrong day to stop sniffing glue. You know, he's, he's he's sitting there like, what what am I doing here? Like, oh my god, guys, are you kidding me? I get to an SEC school and I look around and I'm like, I get, wait, what? How did this? What? You know, the long snappers I, in my two D. What yeah, is this? Where, where is is this a is this a nightmare? What's happening here? But yeah, I mean, we'll see. There's there's a long way to go, but that's just the one thing that I keep thinking about every time I do. I think position by position, I just get. Yeah, that could be okay. You know what? That could be okay. Not great. Don't get your hopes up, but that could be okay. You know, it could be solid. And then I get to linebacker and I go, huh, huh. well, we'll see. I mean, you don't know. But one thing we do know, Pat, before we get out of here, and I think one thing that, that, that will be abundantly clear is no matter what goes on, spring camp has, what, 15 days, uh, 15 practices? No matter what happens in the other 13 practices, 
people will see some open stuff uh, tomorrow, and then people will see, knock on wood, a spring game. And those two days, uh, no matter what else happens the other 13 days, whoever looks the best at quarterback on those two days will be the fan base's guy, and there will be no doubt about that all offseason. And if whoever is the best in the, this this open practice and the spring game is not the starting quarterback and Tennessee starts losing games, things will burn. I just I know that that's the one that's the only negative probably to opening up a practice that I see is you could have a guy let's say it's like randomly we'll just say well Bailey the like, best example okay oh, go the best example of this is Nathan Peterman right because he yes. I remember an opens practice he tore it up yes, and then he, he got in games and it looked like he had never played quarterback before yes and, and I say that somewhat jokingly Nate's gone on to be in the NFL and make a lot of money so jokes on everyone else right yeah Um, but no i get that that's the exact point that you're making i'm just imagining a scenario here where somebody is just absolute dog bleep for like 13 days (laughs) but in the spring game and in open practice they're hitting every pass and so people are being like oh yeah this john doe he's the guy he's the guy this guy and then a ga or or one of the assistants will read our board we'll get the tenor uh, of uh, the message and we'll then go oh no we got a problem here and then people on tennessee staff will be like hey uh can you guys um say really politely that it's not just those two days. Like there's a lot going on there because these things happen. They absolutely happen. And, uh, the bottom, well, it's, the it's bottom funny. line is people will make way too much out of whoever throws the ball well tomorrow and the spring game. Well, it, it's also like, uh, the last spring game they had when Jalen McCullough, right. Had the two interceptions. Yeah. And we asked Pruitt about it afterwards and he was like, well, those are pretty much his first two interceptions. In the spring. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, he picked a good time. So, um, you know, like everybody's like, hey, he looks that guy looks like a real player. Then it's like, well, he hasn't really been doing that a whole lot this spring. But yeah. no, you're right. I mean, uh, and that that's something that elsewhere on the you know talking about the offense being ahead of the defense, we're hearing more about individual guys, right? Yeah, we're hearing more. You know, Jabari Small is doing a great job, um, and, and has been really really consistent and performed really well. Heard good things about Bayless Jones Jr. Not a surprise. Uh, Jimmy Calloway is a yeah. guy that, that's playing really well. I think he's been a, a, a pleasant. He could end up. Uh, get, that's he, been a pleasant. He could end up getting spring award when they do those at the end of <laughs> spring. Calloway is a guy who could be in the mix for that. Right, um, and, and that's a very pleasant development with some of the guys. You know, Jalen Hyatt's going to be one of their best receivers, but he's been limited. Um, you know, I think they they seem to be getting some good play out of Cedric Tillman and, and Jimmy Holiday. I think is uh, is also kind of in the mix too. Those two new guys at receiver. Uh, Walker Merrill and Anderson Kobe, those guys sort of flash, but they're, they're kind of learning right now. But, yeah. um, and, and we sort of, sort of touched on the offensive line. At the quarterback, it's a hard situation to get a read on. The way that, that Josh Heifel described it uh, after the scrimmage was that um, they're kind of giving everybody a first team look. Um, they mm-hmm. rotated in the scrimmage. Normally in, at practice, they say, all right, today you're with the ones, you're with the twos, you're with the threes, and they kind of switch it up. So, um, and to, and to your point about the fans judging the quarterback situation, you know how we always say that the the backup quarterback is the most popular guy on the team, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Tennessee doesn't really have a starter right now, so they're all kind of the backup, and they're all kind of the most popular guy on the team. Yeah, that's true. You could you could probably talk to um, several different people, and they would, you know, you, you, you talk to three different people, and they'll say, oh, I think, I think it'll be Bailey. I think it'll be Hooker. He can run. Um, and, and, hey, Mauer did some good stuff, you know, so – uh, it's tough to get a read on that position. I, I do think that, um, uh, you know, I got, I got 
asked on, on on the checkerboard earlier today about something someone on Twitter about Maurer being QB one. First of all, I don't think they have a QB one right now. I agree. They do um, not and I've heard that from multiple people. They do not have a QB one right now. Uh secondly, don't read everything you see on Twitter because I think Twitter had D'Angelo Gibbs running with the first team in the preseason last year and he wasn't even practicing. Yeah. Um and thirdly, but I, I will I do have to admit this. Um Maurer has been much bigger of a factor than I thought he would be. I, I don't want to say I had written him off. But I was like, I, he, I just he's your boy. Get, you can't run off your boy. No, I just I couldn't get the way he played against Arkansas last season out of my head when he just looked like he had he just looked so bad in that game. Um, and that's not fair to Brian because um, I, I think it's obviously at this point fair to question some of the coaching that was going on at that position because I mean I, I don't you know the lack of development there. I don't even know if Chris Winkie could argue against it. Um, and in that game, I don't think they put I don't think they put Maurer from a play calling standpoint i don't think they they played to what he can do correct um this is a you know we always talk about there's coaching changes and there's guys that take advantage of, of the quote-unquote fresh start right well mauer appears to be doing that because um this is a staff that knows him because they recruited him this is a staff that, that he knows because he was you know he's from orlando he was you know he's in ucf's backyard um so he knows them a little bit they know him um, and I think this offense is is a little bit better suited to him because it's a lot of simple stuff, a lot of quick reads. You know, he doesn't really have to think a whole lot. He can just go kind of go out there and play ball. You got one or two reads pre-snap. All right. I, you know, you got one or two reads post-snap. And you know, when he played as a freshman, they did a lot of RPO stuff, and he seemed to be kind of comfortable in it. Now, his decision-making wasn't always the best in it. Um, he got benched in that Kentucky game that, that Garantano came off the bench and saved him because he was – he had – four or five plays in that first half where it was easy handoff and he threw it or it was an easy throw and he handed it off. Right. Um, but yeah, it was bad. Uh, and, and so this offense does a lot of that. This offense is a lot of, okay, how many guys are in the box? All right. Based on that, I'm handing it off no matter what, or how they're playing this slot guy. If he's playing him outside leverage, he's just going to, you know, I'm going to hold the linebackers with the, with the fake handoff and just throw it over their heads to the guy on the slant. I mean, it's, it's a lot of simple stuff that I think suits him. He's not a guy that, that you can give like full field reads to. So, I um, mean, he's a guy that can run a little bit too. He's a good athlete. And so, uh, and, and, you know, to add to that, I think his part of his fresh start is being healthy. That's something we've talked about earlier on this podcast. So, um, I'm not saying he's going to be the guy. I don't think it, it's way too early to say that. Um, but I do think that I sort of, I don't want to say wrote him off, but I, I was like, I don't, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it with him. Um, and he's, he's showing that he's, he, he could potentially be a factor, but, um, that, that's still a situation that I think Tennessee is evaluating that position as well. Heifel's been pretty positive about it. I don't, I, I don't see the downside to him being positive. Um, and, and, you know, we haven't had that practice where the quarterbacks just like totally sucked. Uh, and they may have had it and he just didn't talk afterwards, but, yeah. uh, yeah, at some point they're probably going to have a bad day or a bad scrimmage and maybe we'll get to see, maybe we'll get to see Heifel get mad at the position that he's the most, yeah, I'll say this quickly, too, because we're up against it with time. But I'll, I'll say this quickly. I also think that in this offense, I'm not saying that mistakes are okay because, you know, you make a big mistake, that's not okay. You know, there's never a good time for a pick six. There's never a good time to miss a guy wide open for what would, would be like a 60-yard touchdown. There, there are no throwing good the, times. Throwing the ball to the other team is not, not yeah, ideal. Th- there are never good times to do that. However, in this offense, as fast as they're going – and as many points as ideally they would like to put up per game, the margin for error in some cases does get a little bit wider. Like it seemed like with Tennessee last year, 
there were just so few chances that if you had like a golden chance for a 60-yard touchdown and you missed it, it felt like you had just cut yourself in the heart. Like it, it, it just felt like, well, there goes any chance of winning this game because they just weren't doing much offensively. And when they had the opportunity, they had to take advantage of it. And that's why every single missed opportunity felt like so important. Now I think, and they're not going to be very, I don't think they're, they're going to be great defensively. So that, that puts more pressure on the offense. But I think some mistakes here or there offensively are not maybe the death sentence they were before. I, I think that now they feel like they can just get back on the horse, get going again. They're going to put points on the board eventually. You know, they're going to get this thing going offensively. So I don't think there's quite as much, you know, you know, just life and death pressure on each moment as there used to be offensively. But that's – I could be wrong about that. It's just a thought that I have. Pat, do you have uh, anything else? Is there anything else with football this – the past few days? Because I, I know there were a couple things we want to talk about. I think we got most of them, but is there anything else out there? I think we uh, I think we did a good job. Well, there we go. We got through it, man, with uh, screw you, sinuses. We did it. We did it. We got through it. You take your pollen somewhere else. Yeah, take your pollen and shove it. Pat, go back to the. No, I guess the, oh, the final thought is that this this all this talk about this up practice. It's supposed to rain on Saturday, so uh, if the weather doesn't cooperate, uh, they'll go inside and, and behind closed doors, and we'll never know. <laughs> the world will <laughs> never know. It'll be. But at least they're not going to the transfer portal, right? That's true. Not yet, anyway. We'll see after the spring. At this point, it seems like everyone. Is going to go at some point. But, Pat, I think that about covers it, man. Get back to those uh, beautiful twin boys' ears. Will do. Have a good one, man. And you know what, guys? If I can hit the button on time, thank you for listening. I did it. I did it. Thank you. Thank you for listening. I say that every time. I mean it every time. We really, really appreciate it. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Patrick Brown is P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. And you can find Ryan Callahan at twitter.com slash Callahan 24-7. If you want just Tennessee news, nothing else, you can get that at twitter.com slash govals 24-7. You can also go to facebook.com slash govals 24-7. We have tons of stuff there on our Facebook page all the time. That runs all year, every day, 24-7, just about every hour, something's on there. So there's always good reason to go there. But if you want the best, most delicious East Tennessee Mountain spring water, just that Ronnie Millsap Smoky Mountain goodness right from the tap, go get that at GoVols247.com. The best site on all of Al Gore's internets to get coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, Tennessee baseball with a lot going on with those guys right now. Lots of good stuff. We're covering them more because people are caring more. 160 bucks. For some of these tickets for Tennessee, Florida this weekend. That's that's big stuff for this program. Also, Lady Vols coverage with Maria Cornelius, who does an excellent job covering all things Lady Vols for us. We got two forums that run all day long. We got the checkerboard and we got the summit. As long as it's not political or religious in nature, go there, drop us a line. Let's have a conversation. Let's uh let's get around this digital water cooler and let's have a chat. That's what we're here for. You, you pay for it, uh, you get a good service. So go do that, please. Uh, and you can get all that for the low, low price of less than one mediocre lunch per month, guys. I say that all the time because it's that good of a deal. One mediocre lunch per month. Less than that. 
will get you a month's worth of Go Vols 24-7. You can also get right now a seven-day free trial, so you can always go check that out. Lots of good stuff there. And if you're a full-paying member with us, then you get access in perpetuity. As long as you're a full-paying member with us, you get access to Paramount Plus, which used to be CBS All Access, which is now Paramount Plus, which has got every show CBS has ever made commercial-free, new movies every single month. Uh, you got uh, live sports. You got Tennessee football, Tennessee basketball, SEC stuff, college basketball, March Madness. Uh, obviously, that's gone, but you get that with Paramount Plus. Uh, you get NFL. You get PGA Tour. You get UEFA Champions League. You get UEFA Europa League, and both mine and Pat's teams just sucked this week uh, in European football. But that's okay because they can live to fight another day, and you can watch it on Paramount Plus. Also, things from the uh, from the vaults of. Uh, MTV, BET, Comedy Central, Nickelodeon, and Smithsonian. The wife and I have been watching Air Warriors on Smithsonian about some of the greatest military planes ever made. All kinds of awesome stuff on there. Nature documentaries, tons of them. Guys, anything you want, you can go get there. And that's a $100 plus annual value that we will give you for nothing. For nothing. So go take advantage of that. Uh, if nothing else, you should hear from us again on Monday. Until then, guys, uh, wear your freaking hands. Wear your hands. Yeah, wear your hands. Wear your masks. I messed this up completely. Let's try this again. Wear your freaking mask. Wash your freaking hands. Get that freaking vaccine. Let's do this. We're in it together. PSA over. See you Monday.